1: hey bell yes did you know that when the sun shines we shine together uh i don't remember the next lyric uh (laughs) (laughs) welcome to panel to screen i'm bo and i'm bell bell man how
0: you doing tonight i'm doing good it's a little rainy outside so one of my dogs is scared but other than that
1: I'm I'm feeling good, man. That is totally appropriate for what we're going to be talking about on this particular week of The Most Unnecessary Show on the Internet. That's right. It's two guys talking about movies, talking about comic books, talking about comic book movies, and a special panel to screen episode uh, here at Flash TV Talk. Man, I am so excited to be back with you this week because thankfully we are able to do this we in fact we are able to to bring you content to bridge our way from season to season of the flash thanks to the support of our patrons and by the way if you have not done so already head over to patreon.com slash tv talk where you too can help support this content to make sure that we got great shows coming your way you know panel to screen episodes in particular are, are a ton of fun they're a chance to kind of look outside of the micro focused world that we typically reside in of the flash and kind of branch out to various other companies and comics and franchises and that sort of thing that are making their ways off the pages of the comics and onto the big screens, and you can help us get even more of this stuff going on. So again, that's uh, patreon.com slash TV talk is the place to do it. I just want to make sure a couple things are clear by supporting the show. You're supporting flash TV talk. You're supporting these episodes of panel to screen. Uh, and you're also getting some great stuff along with it. In fact, but we've got a bunch of new patrons who've actually joined in this last past week, who in fact, I mean, honestly, man, we wouldn't be here right now if not for the the <laughs> support that we've gotten in this last past week. So shout out to Greg York, who I'm assuming no relation, but you never know, Greg, buddy. Son, dad, <laughs>
0: <laughs> long lost
1: relative. Yeah, uh, you never know. You never know. Also, shout out to Dave Allen, Jacob Young, Elizabeth Valkmier, and of course, Karen, uh, aka Red F Blued. Uh, y'all are awesome. Like honestly, we could not do this without you. And by the way, I don't. I want to make sure y'all ev- that everybody knows and that everything's working smoothly. Uh, one of the benefits to becoming a patron is you get access to the Flash TV Talk Discord account, the Discord server. Now we made the move from Facebook to Discord just because it, it makes things a lot more personal, a lot more interactive. Um, Bell and I are. It's become kind of our new text message system where <laughs> we're keeping <laughs> up uh, throughout the week and everything. And we w- we want you to come join the conversation uh, with with kind of the the move over to discord it's it's interesting like at, at the moment it's me bell and kyle shout out to kyle by the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> but hi kyle yeah but uh but for those of you who are joining and, and becoming patrons if you're having issues with the discord let me know and we'll uh we'll make sure that you're able to get on there there's a lot of other great benefits as well so patreon.com tv talk is a place to learn more about it all right bell one last thing before we jump into what i'm really excited to talk about this week uh and that is that coming up for those of you who are out in the Los Angeles, California, Torrance, California area, the Live with Brian Austin Green Part 2, or I think they're just called it with Brian Austin Green Live 2 uh, is a live podcast done by none other than television's Brian Austin Green and podcasting's. Uh, Derek Russell It's going to be (laughs) A lot of fun Should be a blast You know I don't know If you've ever gotten The chance to tune in With uh, Brian Austin Green Uh, It's a a really funny show Um, You know And this is This is going to be A special one man You know Uh, Brian got his name in a show called Beverly Hills 90210, and they are taking it right back to West Beverly High on August 31st, 2019. You can get your tickets now at withbagpod.com live. Again, that's withbagpod.com live uh, for your tickets there. I will be there. Bell will not, but um, he could be. Uh, Yeah,
0: give give me some plane tickets. I'll be there.
1: Yeah, Bell will not be there, but I will be there. And so we, uh, we look forward to... I'm, I'm
0: not to... cool enough, I guess.
1: <laughs> Again, that's Saturday, August 31st in, uh, in Torrance, California. All right, man. You
0: ready to do this? I have been sitting under my umbrella, Ella, Ella, Academy, me, me.
1: <laughs> well, it should be now. noted that... <laughs> You know, we are talking about a Netflix series this time, so it's not—it doesn't have that—that that quite that um, immediacy of a movie where you know you always want to rush to make sure that people know that we're diving into spoilers and everything else. But we need to, man, because we, in order to talk about this show, you got to talk about the spoilers. And so, spoiler, spoilers, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers, spoiler, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Here there be spoilers, and ye bein warned the umbrella academy netflix trying to deal with the loss of the marvel franchise (laughs) 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 has mined the depths of comic book dumb to find this amazing combination of the X Men meets Watchmen meets uh, the first season of Heroes in a really and for me fantastic way, I was surprised at how delighted I was by this series. But Bell, you know what? What did you take? What, what was your kind of initial thoughts going into this? Did you know it was going to be this surrealist approach to superheroes, or did you even have any kind of knowledge of what the series was?
0: I had heard a little bit about the comic uh, and that it was as you describe like x-men it, it's like like the x-men meets the bluth family like as far as family problems go you know sort of thing <laughs>
1: that's good yeah
0: yeah 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 like like, a, like an x-men but with real family issues sort of like or dysfunctional family x-men there we go that's that's the words i was looking for and so i'd heard about that and i was intrigued but i uh, never picked up the comic and then uh heard about the next netflix, netflix show and i was like okay well i'm just i'm just gonna watch that and i'll i'll, I'll absorb it that way and then uh probably read the comics after which I'm, I'm totally going to now after seeing it but yeah i that was my expectation was a dysfunctional family plus x mansion uh x-men and it totally met those expectations and actually kind of blew them out of the water because it was it was fantastic like just <laughs> that's that's the kind of uh i guess like realistic sort of x-men that you would think you know there, there'd definitely be some issues there uh <laughs> and there certainly Listen. were in the show
1: it's interesting, too, because, I mean, like, you know, they, they they didn't just like, oh, well, here's, you know, here's just a comic book property. They put some talent behind this thing, man. You got Ellen Page out, out here. You got Mary J. Blige. You got freaking like that was probably one of the biggest surprises to me. I had no idea that Mary J. Blige was going to be in this. Uh, you got Tom Hopper, who is kind of a C-list celebrity but but should be an a-list celebrity for in, in my book uh and actually all of these actors and actresses really just brought it they really committed it to the world that they were existing in with all of the oddities that came along with it um man who, who do you want to dive into first if, you, if we're going to grab a character here which one do you want to grab
0: Well, let's talk about Dick and Tarly. I mean, uh, uh, (laughs) Luther Hargreaves. It was funny. Uh, I I remember when I saw him on the screen at first, I was like, I know that guy. Where do I know that guy from? And it wasn't until I rewatched some of Game of Thrones where I was like, oh, that's Dick and Tarly. Um, And since he's kind of the the leader of this ragtag assortment, why don't we start there?
1: All right. That sounds good. You know, for me, when I first saw him as Dick and Tarly, I thought, man, I know that guy from somewhere. And it was Billy Bones from Black Sails.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> He's been everywhere. Apparently
1: it's, it's odd. Like he pops up in all these different shows that I, that I like. And I'm like, Oh, that guy. Oh, that guy. Oh, that guy. And he does have kind of that like standard Hollywood look. Like you almost get kind of almost like a, uh, a, you know, 10, 10, 20 years ago, Tom Welling Ness from the dude, like this guy has talent and it's clear that he's he's gonna be a star. It's just trying to figure out what is that role that's gonna propel him into it. Um, but no man, he's been he's been making the rounds. He 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 works for a living and he does a good Certainly. job. Yeah, yeah, he does a very good job. Now I don't know about how familiar you are with the source material, but have you seen the the comic book interpretation or the, or the source interpretation of number one? <laughs> I
0: don't think I, I I've seen a couple panels online of just different things from the comic book. I don't remember seeing an actual panel of uh, of Luther.
1: Okay, so if I could, I, I guess the best way to describe it would be like a human head on a on a giant like like gorilla body,
0: kind of like uh, uh, the Into the Spider Verse
1: sort of uh, Kingpin almost. No, like an actual gorilla body. Oh. Like you need to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like you, you need to, you need to Google this real quick. So you have some context here. So number one from Umbrella Academy. Uh, and I, if I'm remembering correctly, he has kind of almost like a, um, like a space suit looking thing, but like a retro space suit. And so it's yeah, interesting I like, because I like the space, yeah. Okay. So, you, so you're seeing it now.
0: Yeah, uh, let me just find a bigger picture here. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, totally a human dude's head on a giant. It's like it's like Winston's body, yes, but with yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, cool. and with a diaper on and everything else. So very, you know, it's 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 interesting because obviously it's very different from what we see on screen, and I would actually argue that with the exception of number five, nobody really fully looks like their comic book counterpart. Um, but but no, I, I thought that the way. They took what could have been a really, (laughs) I guess, cheesy or just (laughs) I don't even I don't even know if in the modern era you could really pull off the comic book interpretation of this. So I I think the way they went with it worked really, really well.
0: Yeah. uh, Looking at the costume designs here i I love the aesthetic of the comic like I like these comic books but uh or, or the way they look in the comic, but like I, I i yeah I agree I don't think that would have worked on screen. I think the interpretation that they had was uh respectful of the source material but not yeah. like too ridiculous, you know
1: it's interesting that as the you know as you jump in they don't really give you a lot of information like you have to kind of piece it together as you go, which I thought was really well done. It was a great storytelling. Uh, tool to basically not tell us the story <laughs> to let us be in kind of mystery mode. so we never really fully understand why he looks this way or even the fa- even whether or not he's supposed to look this way. I mean, you know when you're yeah. walking into a superhero story, you just kind of assume well like, well, maybe this is normal, but everybody's kind of acting a little differently around him. Um, you know I- and why is he on the moon? yeah why Why is he on the moon is that but is that normal right like when when the right. chimpanzee is the butler and the robots the mom like maybe living on the moon is perfectly normal like we, we yeah. don't know and it's never really fully explained until very late on the show
0: yeah which is a really neat little uh little twist there you know it keeps you guessing uh, uh sometimes a lot of character background before you're ready for it as as a viewer can can get kind of in the way but this was this was a real good way to portray it and sort of you know like you said is this normal kind of keep you guessing about about you know uh, 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 subverting expectations is one of those things that's thrown around a lot but it but it, it basically right. does exactly that like you know it it kind of uh, keeps you off guard and keeps you guessing and uh keeps you compelled and wanting to know more
1: one of the things that really pulled me into this series is the heart, like literally the heart at the center of the relationship between Luther and Allison. Like I was actually kind of shocked at how I really started to ship them hard <laughs> as the series went on. <laughs> and I, I can't remember which episode it was, but it's the one where it was like the day that never happened and they get that dance and it's dancing in the moonlight and it's this very surrealist scene and I, I get goosebumps actually even thinking about it because for whatever reason, that scene and that sequence and that episode hit me so hard because you had this, this like un unrequited or, or what's the word when you got the love, but it, it never gets out of the, the box.
0: Um, I would say they're maybe kind of more star-crossed lovers because it wasn't allowed when they were growing up. Yeah, but I mean at the same thing, they, they
1: felt it, I'm, right? like they, Yeah. They, unrequited would be like
0: one of them didn't care for the other but they both cared for each other and they never expressed it
1: unexpressed Uh, love they uh, unexpressed that's pretty good i mean like you know they they kind of did they had the whole sweet date thing when they were kids and then they try to recreate it and he's too big for the tent but the (laughs) tent is still there and it's all very creepy which is you know the nature of the place they live you know
0: 30 year old Pepsi or whatever it was. <laughs> right.
1: Right. But no, man, like I really, that, that sequence when like for a brief moment, you know, that, you know, he's kind of restored to a normal person and the lights come up and they just see each other like for the first time in a way that they were never allowed to see each other. Yeah. And then it gets ripped away from them. I was, I was kind of like depressed Like for a couple of days after that episode, because of how like strongly it hit me, I'm 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 getting the sense that I'm alone in that. I don't guess that 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 hits you in the same way.
0: Uh, I I thought it was sweet, and I thought it was nice, like to see them finally get some sort of closure on that relationship. But yeah, the fact that it wasn't, you know, real (laughs) was.
1: (laughs) Allison is another great character too. I mean, she uh, you know, again, we don't really know going in what anybody's powers are with very few exceptions. And even though we saw a flashback early on of her using the, you know, I heard a rumor, I don't think to me anyway, it was not clear that that was actively her power. Really? No. Yeah. It it was, I thought it was pretty clear. It's, you know,
0: whatever she says, uh, I don't know if it has to start with, I heard a rumor, but like, uh, or I heard that or something like that, whatever she says happens. Like that's, that's kind of what I picked up on because we see her use it at the beginning, and everybody's, uh, and, and there, there's a lot of implication that she used it on her kid at the beginning, but we don't know right. that for sure. And so, uh, I, I'd assume that's what it was is that she had this power to compel people to do what she wanted. If she said it in that particular way.
1: Well, yeah, sure. By the end of the series, it's, it's very clear. Um, of course it gets taken away from her in a very brutal way, uh, that really, I, that dis- still does not sit comfortably with me with, with kind of the way that her character arc went. But no, the 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 fact that she used that on her kid, it, it actually, I don't know if you got this, Bell, but it kind of reminded me of Kilgrave from uh season one, Jessica Jones.
0: It was a very Kilgravey kind of thing, but she was not as creepy and weird as Kilgrave. Like her I guess that's the difference, right, between like a, a a good person having that power and a bad person having that power, uh, is that ultimately she feels extremely guilty when she used it on someone who was innocent, whereas Kilgrave did not and used it all the time for personal gain. Hmm. Uh and and yeah, but that kind of feels like what it what it is, is it's some sort of like mental control or something.
1: Yeah. Diego, um, I felt of all of the characters, he seemed the most cliched, and I had the hardest time kind of getting behind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, like his whole I can throw things and make them bend around. I mean, some of the other powers were were a little bit more i guess uh because like you know yeah, bullseye who can never miss right uh hawkeye who's a really good shot but none of them like actively manipulate the blades in a way where unless it's like some kind of telekinesis and you throw stuff i don't know but but yeah he he was the batman wannabe (laughs) kind of kind of deal
1: yeah
0: Um, and the the guy who never who never turned off right he never turns off and it's kind of sad honestly um
1: well, I mean, the same could be said for Luther, right? Like both of them never really turned it off, but they're just very... One's the Superman and one is the Batman. Yeah. And they're just that to the extreme all the time.
0: Yeah, for sure. That I think that's a good analogy is that the Superman-Batman parallel there.
1: You know, they, they do butt heads early on. And, and like I said, it just, it just his character felt very cliched for that reason to me. So it was a little bit difficult getting behind him. And even like when his sequences showed up, I was kind of like a little bored by it. Like I was really ready to get back to some of the other characters, but you know, I don't know. I I really liked his story with the cop, like in his,
0: uh, just when it went, Oh gosh, what was the part? You know, he's, uh, I guess they had a relationship at one point and it, and it, fell apart because you know he wouldn't let her do cop work and he kept doing the vigilante stuff right. but just uh the development there between them i thought was really good I, I i did enjoy that story and it was really heartbreaking to see uh you know what what happened to her and how that affects uh, diego and you know it's just a just yeah i i, I don't know i i kind of enjoy that storyline i will say
1: uh yeah, even like that but that's part of it you know the girlfriend that's a cop that gets killed like that's such a cliche sure it's that a cliche kind of and it's character. a trope
0: but like you know yeah it wasn't like his origin story
1: yeah 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 i guess that i guess that's fair um okay then we've of course we've got uh is it klaus oh i love klaus klaus was great <laughs> who doesn't
0: love klaus i think everyone loves klaus
1: what what a, what a fantastic character to like like be able to talk to the dead and you know before you even got to that traumatic scene of him as a child being locked, you know,
0: Oh, in the, the, um, in the crypts. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That would be terrifying.
1: That's horrifying. Like if you didn't hate their dad before you hate him now, yeah. <laughs> like that was awful.
0: Yeah. And it's so interesting too, because like, you know, you, you never really know what his power set is the entirety of the show until they start going into his backstory about talking to the mm. dead. And I, I assumed that, um, not number five, number seven.
1: Uh, are you talking about Ben, the dead one? Yeah. Ben.
0: Yeah. I I figured that Ben was just some sort of figment of his imagination, like some sort of guilt. That oh, was, and,
1: interesting.
0: And yeah. So, yeah. so for a minute I was, I was just kind of like, Oh, this is, this is just him dealing with the guilt of Ben dying. And then when they kind of get into it, he's talking to the dead, I'm like, huh? I wonder if, <laughs> if 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 that has something to do with this. <laughs> and then sure enough, it did. And I, I thought that was a really interesting way to kind of like sort of like tease you into his power because they don't really go exactly explicitly into detail. I mean, they say he can talk to dead people. Right. Uh, but he can't do it to his father, uh, w- which he can do it to his dad. He just doesn't want to. But no, he tries. He tries at one point. But he does, doesn't he? Successfully talk to his dad in like the next to last episode. Yeah, he gets knocked out in the uh, in the club and talks to his dad. But he he pulls his ashes out at one point in the middle episode or one of the runs in the middle and tries to talk to him, but he doesn't. He can't do it.
1: I thought that had more to do with the, you know, keeping himself doped up and trying, like he his like body chemistry wasn't right. Not that he couldn't talk specifically to his dad, but just he couldn't talk literally to any of the dead aside from Ben because Ben is kind of a special case.
0: Yeah, and that was another thing too is he keeps himself doped up so his powers don't work which is another reason why i was thinking that ben was some sort of guilt complex or something like that
1: ah but yeah he's the only one that cuts through man yeah no i actually i i picked up on his power set i think in episode one where when you first see ben there like because we knew that he was dead and and it did it even said like number seven or whatever his number was at the bottom of the screen and that and earlier in the episode When the ashes were on the ground, he went up to his dad's ashes like, I bet you're loving this or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Great character. And even like giving him such an interesting thing to kind of give him like a quick like um, like character changing arc in the middle of it by sending him back to the past and getting him stuck in Nam. And so now he's like this. That was crazy.
0: That was right. That was so unexpected. And I thought that was just the most interesting thing that for a show to do is is to have a guy get sent back in time to Vietnam to fall in love with a soldier there and to have that love die and only really show portions of it um, through flashbacks and things like that. But to, to not like that, I don't know. I just, I thought that was really, really interesting.
1: They do it so well. Like they do that whole sequence so well. And it's what time travel shows like this, like have the opportunity to do, but so many time travel shows don't do very well. They'll just like say, Oh, somebody was in the past for a couple years or, Oh, we aged him up or, Oh, this happened or that happened, but they never really change much as a character because of what they experienced during the time lapse. Like here, no, this is a, this is a very clear and specific alteration of his character that changes the entire trajectory of his storyline. And thus the storyline as a whole, very well done. Yeah. Very well done. Very well cast as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 man. I, I even just talk about this is making me want to rewatch this show. I know, me <laughs> like too. Know. Yeah, number five, man. Number five, never, never a name beyond number five. Um, gets trapped in the future, uh, several years uh, before the series starts. He's in an apocalyptic world. He kind of comes back and he has this knowledge that the world's going to end and they've got to stop it. And what a what a unique idea of putting kind of this elder statesman mind that's somewhat demented and, and obviously traumatized from living on this apocalyptic earth and having to do all the things that he did. And now shoving him back into this kind of young preteen body.
0: Uh, <laughs> that is the very definition of hell on earth.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, Aiden Gallagher, I think is his name. Yeah, man. Fantastic. Where did this kid come from? I have no idea. Like what has he been in before? He kind of looked to me like a young Thomas from Downton Abbey. I have not seen Downton Abbey. That is your loss. Uh, I'm actually I'm pulling up his IMDb page right here. Um, apparently, he was on a show, oh, he was he was on some Nickelodeon a show. series, some Nickelodeon shows. So yeah, I mean that's the thing when you get when you get actors that young, you know they've got some either some Nickelodeon or some Disney. Yeah, <laughs> <going> right. <on. laughs> uh no this is i think this is kind of one of his more breakout series there's something on here called nicky ricky dicky dawn yeah that's which the I've nickelodeon television series yeah okay well apparently he plays a uh, prominent character on that one that's not one of crutcher's shows is it
0: no uh that was uh the sweet life of zach and cody
1: that's right that's right uh okay so yeah so umbrella academy seems to be his first non-nickelodeon real real role and man that kid's got a future Oh, yeah. like that. No, no pun intended. He's just a fantastic actor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He did an excellent job. Uh, it was it was because like it was so weird to me watching him because the his mannerisms, the way he speaks, uh, the way he acts is like this old dude. And then to see it come out of this kid, your brain is just like, ah, <laughs> like, what is going on? <laughs> he did such a good job doing
1: that. I know it actually, it puts the audience in the place of the people that surround him so that when nobody's really buying into him, except for the other, you know, his siblings uh, and even some of his siblings, they don't quite get on board with the fact that he's older than them, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They still think he's, you know, this kid who's, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, rash and unpredictable and things like that. And he's like, no, no, no. I've been doing this for years. You guys need to shut up and listen to me. And they still think he, they're uh, that he's their brother from, you know, what was it? 15 years ago. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah.
1: Of course, he's got the kind of the hero Nakamura role. I mean like his, his story, which really is kind of the, the main driving story of the entire season is of course that the world is coming to an end. He's experienced it. And now he's come uh, back from the past Samurai Jack to, uh, or back from the future, rather um, <clears throat> Doc, Doc Brown. And, uh, and so he's, he's here, easier to stop it. And <laughs> in any way that he, he potentially can, um, what did, what did you think about like the, the, who was the name of the organization? Wasn't it, uh, the commission, the commission. That's what it was. Uh, what was your thoughts on that group of folks that existed outside of time to uh, quote unquote, protect the timeline? It's a really neat
0: concept. I think the, the whole, like, um, you know the, the like the assassins that they have like uh you mm-hmm. know like cha-cha and hazel uh like these 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 basically just brute enforcers that go and make sure that everything happens how it's supposed to be and uh you have these people who write incidents to make sure that they happen like writing stories to make sure the hindenburg happens and right. then they, yeah like they said okay go kill this guy go you know uh, destroy this uh this piece of mail or what it just like these small little butterfly effect things that just make sure that these events happen. I, that was a really unique uh, unique thing to me. Like I thought that was really, really cool. Like, you know, they have all these, you know um, that was a cool thing about Cha Cha and Hazel. Is like that, you know, they work for some organization. You, like I didn't, it, was it like a men in black thing? Like what's going on? They right. always talk about the higher ups and they're, uh it, it seems like this, this really, you know, organized, structure that they have and they're there to kill this kid and you don't know why and just the way they kind of lure you into how that works uh and and what the organization is uh doesn't like to me it was the perfect kind of segue into what it was right like they just kind of like drop these little hints they got oh these guys are getting these messages from these weird locations like what is going on here and they're trying to kill number five uh and and like they're talking about he's an old man and you know (laughs) and so the way they kind of like uh uh, you know cookie chrome trail you into what the commission is was really neat because it doesn't it doesn't all like come at you all of a sudden and you're like whoa this is this is this is a lot to kind of like get through, I guess. Um, right.
1: Right. And I love that their, their headquarters is in the forties, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like I love whenever like time is used as a location and that's, that's kind of like a a source point and everything. And so it's interesting, you know, there's still so many questions I think that will probably never get answered about the commission. Um, but great story, you know, Cha Cha and Hazel, um, you know, Hazel was another, another one of these guys where it's like, I, he seems so familiar But I've gone through his IMDB and I cannot Find anything that I would have seen him in before
0: Yeah it was his uh, uh, What was I I think it's like the, his cadence of how he Spoke and I was like I yeah. heard his Voice somewhere before um, yeah. But I yeah I, I couldn't place it I don't know uh, apparently he was uh, In Mindhunter
1: I never saw it I,
0: I never saw it either um, But yeah he just he felt very familiar
1: yeah yeah cha-cha on the other hand freaking mary j blige that's awesome yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like the cast alone like there's there's about two or three names in here that you know got got paid and mary j blige <laughs> just one of i was like all right yes yes well money well spent she did a great job with cha-cha man um you know the their relationship their dynamic of kind of being these these partners and you know, having done life together so much and, and just the tension of Hazel wanting to get out and Cha-Cha not wanting that to happen. And even as they're trying to figure out what, what to do and kind of their own little pocket stories that, that bump up against each other, you could tell that there's, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's feeling there, not romantic feeling per se, but you know, there's a camaraderie and partnership.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm, their story is one of the things I'm most looking forward to next season. I, I really so right? yeah I really like Cha Cha and Hazel especially Hazel I liked Hazel a lot.
1: Creepy masks man those those masks oh the man. masks were wonderful.
0: <laughs> they don't so even creepy. explain why they're wearing masks like I love that like they they give you enough to make it interesting and to make it cool but they don't they don't they don't spoil it by telling you too much you know
1: right like I no, don't like you're,
0: you're talking earlier about questions like unanswered questions about the commission I don't want to know I got enough. I, I got the taste of it and I, and I like it and I don't, I don't need to know anything more.
1: Yeah, that's good. I feel like in many respects it's it the commission and a lot of this stuff, like these are, these are things that could only fully exist in comics oh, where sure. you can exist with taste because you know that like at any given time, the sky's the limit on the kind of stories they can tell. So sure. There's an explanation. Will we ever see it? Maybe, you know, are we cool with the fact that we may never not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we know that it's gotta be out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's talk really quick about Ben, though, because Ben, you know, we did see his ghost and we saw him interacting a lot with Klaus. What what was Ben's power? Uh, He like
0: I don't know if he turned into a monster or there was a monster living inside of him. But some giant squid thing would like come out and eviscerate people.
1: He had a kraken in his chest.
0: Basically, yeah.
1: Was the kraken like Always a ghost, or do you think that was just because when we saw it at the end, Ben was a ghost?
0: No, no, no. Um, I thought at one point we see the tentacles
1: come out of him, we see the shadow of the tentacles come out of him.
0: I'm gonna guess that the it, that it's just like regular, they're not ghost squid tentacles coming out of him, they're like real tentacles coming out of him.
1: Okay, all right, so. But all right, so this is the other question, though. Are they his or is it a separate being that's somehow living inside of him?
0: I was kind of thinking that, it, that he opens up some kind of like pocket dimension into some like horrible, you know, uh, uh, Cthulhu verse or something. And this eldritch horrors come out of him. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking it's something like that, where it's it, it's 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 not like a monster inside of him. He opens a doorway to let out monsters.
1: Yeah. OK, Interesting. Interesting. I, I I don't know. I don't know what I believe with him. (laughs) Like I, I I got the sense, like, like you're saying that there's somehow that he's like, there's a a monster inside of him that that comes out. It's, it's very, you know, Hulk esque type deal, the demon inside. And it did almost seem like when he was a kid, you know, it's not like he was eager to go up and, and do some superhero moves. They were almost kind of keeping him back. Like he was a human weapon.
0: Well, yeah, because he didn't want to do it either. He was very reluctant so, to go in there and do that.
1: Well, almost like he wasn't the one doing it. So literally, like you say, he's just turning the key, and whatever's inside him goes out and does a thing, and then he comes back, and he's just this child that's now covered in blood because of all of these terrible things. Well, yeah, well, imagine how
0: terrifying that would be if you're a kid. You know, they tell you to go in there and open the portal, and you have to watch this thing come out of you or out of the dimension that you open and murder people in front of you. Yeah, that, that's a yeah. that's a horrible thing. Like that would be awful.
1: You know, it's interesting because, I mean, there's this common theme that's running throughout and it's it's childhood trauma. Like that is yeah. the thing that binds all of these siblings together because of this, you know, terrible childhood they had uh, being ripped away from their parents, the oddity of, of their birth. Uh, I say their parents, their mother, essentially, getting ripped away from their mothers because we never quite know whether or not a father is actually in the picture or a biological father beyond the one that they had. Um, and we see just through various means, they're they're powers have either caused them to damage other folks just as they have been damaged at a young age. But in the case of Ellen, oh, that's Ellen, uh, Vanya, <laughs> Vanya played by, of course, Ellen page, uh, someone else who definitely got paid for this. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, it's interesting because of the twist of her story going before knowing the twist and seeing kind of the, the background, like of all the kids and they're all, getting the tattoos and they're holding each other because they're, they're feeling this pain and they don't want to do it. And their father is kind of injecting it on them and then cutting to her not being allowed to do it, not being kind of recognized as one. And so she's like marking herself for this thing that her siblings don't want, but all she wants to do is feel like she's part of the family it's, it's, uh, there's some deep levels of trauma they explore in this, in this series.
0: Yeah. There's, there's, of course, the, the father inflicting, you know, the, the trauma on them by how he raised them and like your, your specific example of the tattoo. And then there's also the, the trauma that he's inflicting on Vanya by not allowing her to be included in anything. So he, he makes this, this, he drives a giant wedge between her and the rest of the family. Um, in, 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 in his eyes to protect her and, them from her right but like it, it doesn't do any of that and it just <laughs> it just makes it makes this giant rift between them they don't really like her and all she wants to do is be included with uh with her with her siblings and uh she just can't do it because she has no way to like really uh i guess you know uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for commune with them or or, or something like that you know
1: yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I got that her siblings don't really like her. I, I think that it's more of as she grew up, she kind of pushed everybody else away. So it's not that they dislike her. They just don't really know her.
0: Well, right. Like well, growing up, they, they they never spent any time together, right? And so they, they were distant. And then she wrote that tell-all book, and then they kind of hated her for it.
1: Right. Huh.
0: So like that was, uh they, they were never close to begin with, which is what she wanted. And then she wrote the book and it just drove them even, even further away.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So, all right. The, the concept of the tell all book as an excuse for, uh, tension, I suppose. I I feel like that, you know, again, that's, that's a little bit of a trope that's being used. It seems like it's used more and more these days. Um, did you, what, what, what were your thoughts on her? Did you see the twist coming?
0: I saw. I knew there's something up with her, and, and I thought it had something to do with her medicine. Uh, I didn't like. I I I I was almost positive she had powers, uh, not from the huh. beginning, but uh, from from pretty early on. Um,
1: did you know that she would be the bomb?
0: No, did not know that.
1: But I, I started to kind of piece that together. Like it was feeling very, very again season one heroes, pretty 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 strong mid season, which you know, from that seat, I mean, you know, there's, there's someone's going to be the bomb. You just know that the, the, the bomb is going to be a person. And, you know, like you said, I think it would, it actually took me a little slower to figure out that she had powers mostly because I was enjoying her story so much as being the one without powers. But at the same time, you know, you, you the writing's on the wall, you know, they're going to go there.
0: Yeah. I figured she'd but have something man. to do with it. I didn't
1: think it would be her like per se that she would go full on evil. That's, that's that. I I didn't quite buy that change. Eh. I mean, like I get it. Like they threw her in the freaking torture room and they were supposed to be her siblings that were supposed to care for her. Right? So I do get it. But like, you know,
0: I, I was definitely talking to my TV during that part of being like, you need to handle this better. Luther, you are not doing a good job handling this. You need to like, be there with her, talk to her. And like, I don't know, console her and comfort her and not, you know, lock her away in some dark evil room.
1: Oh my gosh, man. The soundproof nature of that room too. Like when she's just screaming and, and trying to apologize and everything else and no one can hear. Her and Oh, that was, that's, that's that uh,
0: yeah. And that that, that is awful. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing is like, you know, it, it should have been under a guise of, Hey, look, we need to put you in here because Obviously you're dangerous. We're going to take care of you. We're going to figure out what's wrong and we're going to like, you know, we're going to make this better. But instead Luther was just, nah, I ain't that ain't me. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of brought yeah. it upon himself because he's really just not a good leader.
1: <laughs> I thought it was interesting too, how they, um, they did the, uh, the kind of the juxtaposition of Leonard's or- origin story with him being born on that same day and not being part of this at all. Yeah. Cause um, he
0: was just a regular pregnancy
1: yeah he just forced himself into the situation and again, everybody is a you know it's this you know this hurt people hurt people narrative, right like they all have they all come in with being abused and then they abuse each other or then they abuse others and then ultimately each other and by the time they all kind of get together, it's almost too late because they' they're so damaged uh, they save the world, sure, but you know at what cost? And, you know, maybe we'll find out more about that in season two. Well, technically, now, they don't overall, world, man. So what was that?
0: Technically, they don't save the world. I mean, uh, the world still gets destroyed. They just go back in time so they can try and prevent it again.
1: Oh, uh, wait a minute. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Don't they pause the they, they pause the apocalypse, right? So they pull
0: Vanya and all of them back through time. Once but the asteroid's still on its way there. Right. Right. So like they they haven't stopped the apocalypse. They just are going to try and go back and find another way to stop it cuz w- what they thought was going to stop it wouldn't stop it.
1: All right, fair point. So the a pin has been put in the apocalypse. Better 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 way of saying it.
0: Uh, well, so far they 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 have not found a way to uh prevent the inevitable. Like Thanos mm. is coming. He is inevitable. And so is the end of the <laughs> world. <laughs>
1: All right. All right. Fair point. Fair point. Well, so point being though, that they are, they are able to get together and be the superhero team to, to defeat the, the Thanos rock in the sky that's coming down. Um, uh, but again, at what cost? Cause they, they've, they've damaged themselves and who knows ultimately when it's all said and done, maybe, maybe there is nothing to save. Maybe this will, will all have been just this tragic, sad, depressing story that kind of feels like it is, you know, yeah. it just, it feels like it is, but well, I, for
0: whatever reason, it works. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things where they're ultimately going to make the decision not to save themselves, but to save everyone else. And maybe we'll see like a butterfly effect kind of thing where they go back in time and prevent their births. Could be like Could I, be. I there's there's something that one scene where all uh, it's like kind of like it's got a golden sort of color to it, and uh, the monocle guy is sitting there uh, with his wife who's like dying and there's this jar full of these fireflies and the rockets are taken off. Like that's something to do with it. I'm pretty sure that's how they were born through these little like flies flying.
1: Sure. But where, where
0: is that? That's on another planet. I think,
1: I don't know. Could be in another timeline. Could be a future. It could be a previously secured future.
0: Like perhaps that person set those things out because their planet was doomed, which is why everybody was leaving to try and make it so they wouldn't doom it. But in actuality, he just doomed it earlier by (laughs) making these superheroes who end up doing it earlier. Yeah. 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 I don't know.
1: You know, obviously he had kind of a, something he was working towards. um, And it's, there's still kind of a big question mark, a lot of unanswered questions. You know, there's, there's, I believe two, uh, maybe three graphic novels of this series. And so I'm sure that a lot of our questions are probably answered in the pages. And I find myself wanting to read the comic, but at the same time, I don't think I'm going to, because this series is very much Netflix dealing with the loss of Marvel. We just got the end of Jessica Jones, which you know concludes what Netflix is doing with with the the Marvel characters or what they could do with the Marvel characters. Whether or not those characters goes go on to D plus or otherwise, that's a discussion for another episode. But you know this is this is clearly their attempt to try to maintain that audience with a completely new franchise, a completely new property. So, Bell, here's my question to you. With Marvel now off of Netflix, does does Netflix, like, do they still have your vote? You know what I mean? Like, are you still, are you going to be here for season two? Would you keep your Netflix subscription for season two of Umbrella Academy?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I get a lot of value out of Netflix anyway, Um, aside from just the Marvel D, stuff.
1: D-plus is coming, man. You get it today, but D-plus <laughs> is coming.
0: Yeah, and we'll, we'll see when that happens. But, like, I don't think it's i don't i mean i don't know yeah i i want to see season two of the umbrella academy um i do want to see that i d plus man i didn't you know it's got star wars it's got marvel it's got
1: it's gonna have all the star wars it's gonna have all the marvel they're gonna get like tons of shows that are not even disney shows on there
0: honestly though full disclosure uh since you know i moved in with my girl or uh, my my girlfriend and i now live together um I use her Netflix and canceled mine anyway. <laughs> and so uh-huh. probably what, cause, cause she shares it with her mom. And so probably what's going to happen is, is I'm just going to get Disney, Disney plus, And well I'll have both and it's not like, you know, cause she's paying for Netflix and I'm paying for Disney plus. So <laughs>
1: you know, it's all right, all right. So maybe I'm making it, maybe I'm making a little bit too like financial of a decision here. The question is, is this a good spiritual successor to what came from like, like came before on Netflix? Like, is this in terms of the, the Marvel series?
0: I think so. I think, I think it was a great first season. Uh, What I'm worried about though, is one of those things I, I I want there to be, I, I like shows that have conclusions and they don't just keep, going on and going on mm. going on because that's how you make money right like i want to see a, a beginning a middle and an end and if that takes three seasons or six seasons um that's that's fine but i don't want them to just being like oh let's just do some more stuff in this universe because we can and it'll make money I, I i want it all to be like you know i want there to be heart and soul behind it and not dollar signs behind it you see what i'm saying so like I oh. will watch season two because season one was great and I, and I think they have a direction to go because there's source material, right? But once they get past the source material, like if they don't close the season off and go find another sp- uh, source material to convert, uh, like another property to convert, like I, I don't want,
1: I mean, I don't know. It depends. You don't want it to go on forever. I you just yeah. want it to be what it is.
0: I want it, I want it to be good. I want it to be like season one and, and if it comes down to it, uh, if if they have to go, we're going to start if, if there's a logical conclusion to umbrella academy and they meet that end and then they go you know here, here's a here's a side adventure of what uh, number five did while for those 80 years and stuff like that i mean i'd give it a shot to see if, if it's if it's uh if it's mm-hmm. worth it but like i don't know i there's so much stuff out there that netflix can go and get and do
1: um Interesting. Is there another comic book property that you wish we had gotten from Netflix instead of Umbrella Academy?
0: Not instead of. I mean, I really liked Umbrella Umbrella Academy, but I, I will say this: You ever see the uh, the cartoon The Max? It you know it's a comic book, uh, and they made a cartoon based off of it on MTV's Liquid Television, and huh. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I would love to see The Max uh, come back. That would be that would be super neat. Um, and,
1: well, I mean, look at, look at it this way though: taking a property that's neither like it's, this is not from the big two, this is not DC, this is not Marvel, and if it if it has, you know, if if it gets a strong reaction, especially when season two comes up, because that's going to be the big question mark. If if season two comes out and Netflix sees Netflix sees a kind of a, a surge of subscriptions or resubscriptions, then that opens the door to a lot of lesser known comic book properties making their way to streaming services, not just Netflix, but beyond. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a, not to be Marvel or DC, man. This, uh, this certainly proved it. And, uh, I, I think great series. Um, I, you know, I, I'm going to give it a four out of five. And the only reason I'm not giving it a five out of five is because something you touched on, which is it doesn't really have a strong finish. It just tees up what comes next. And I feel like with the heaviness of the season, there needed to be more of a definitive conclusion, um, at least to you know the current story. So, season two, like season two, will de- define how season one really lands. And so, I'm hopeful. I think that overall, it was a better season than uh, pretty much all of the Marvel season twos that were out there. Um, and I would rank it kind of in that Marvel season one. Uh, it was better than it was better than Iron Fist.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> <not>, yeah. <you> know. <laughs> I mean, that's not saying Uh, a
1: lot. It's not saying a lot. I enjoy this better than Daredevil season two. And that was not a bad season, but I just, you know, it wasn't as, it wasn't as on par with the first season. I think this is somewhere kind of in there. It's hard to kind of compare because we're talking about entire series as opposed to movies, but yeah, four out of five for me, bell. What about you?
0: Yeah, I'll go with that. I I like four out of five. You know, it's, it's. It's one of those things where I'm going to need to see this story that they're telling brought to a conclusion because you're you're right. Like you know, the end of this, it's just a, a, it's a, it's like a, it's like the coda at the end of a Marvel movie. It tells you what's going next, right? Oh, here comes season two. They're going to be traveling back in time, and and so uh, that's fine if we get a conclusion to this story. And each season's not just this 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 endless crescendo, right? That just keeps building and building and building and building and doesn't ever pay off. So uh, I I I really like the first season. I think it's on par with a lot of the uh, Marvel first seasons, like you said. Uh, and so I'll, I'll go with the four out of five. I'm I'm definitely uh, I, honestly doing this review makes me want to rewatch it. So there's that. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to season two.
1: All right, man. Well, that's our uh, that's our thoughts on it. But we want to hear from you. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, you know, you can hit us up on the Twitter. As I'm at the real beau, you are Bell. Is at ring that bell. I spell my name B E A U. He spells his B E A L L. We spell it complicated because that's the way that our parents spelled it. Man, next up, right around the corner here, the next review is going to be the uh, Spider Man Far From Home. I personally wish we were talking about it right now because I have seen it at this point. Bell has not. And for those of you who have those end credits, ah, I keep hearing about these end it.
0: credits and I, I, I know it's going to get spoiled to me before Friday and I'm no dude, protect
1: that. yourself, protect yourself.
0: All right. I guess I just won't read Twitter.
1: Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I, I strongly, it's a great movie. I mean, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk about the movie and everything next week, but, um, but seriously, if you can protect yourself from getting the end credits spoiler for you, um, yeah, you need to. You need, you need to go into well, Friday that. Friday
0: at 10.45
1: p.m., I'll be seeing it. And I will be looking for your text message from the theater. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us, for me, for Belle, for Belle's mom. Hi, Mom. Hey, when the sun shines, we shine together. Bella, Bella,
0: Bella Academy, me, me. <laughs>